Well, hey there, church family. Welcome. So good to have you with us today. Can't believe it's already the end of January, and we are almost into the second month of 2021. Time's flying by, but it's good to have you with us in church today. Hey, I did want to mention that giving statements, the annual giving statements, did get emailed this weekend. So if you did not receive yours, please let us know. Check your spam filter. They might get caught in there. Uh, but if you didn't receive yours, please let us know. Uh, you can email the church at mail at thriveglendora.org, and we'll get make sure to get that right out to you. Uh, or if you have any adjustments on yours, please make sure to let us know, and we can take care of that for you. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving to the Lord and supporting the, the mission of God uh, here at Thrive Church and around the world. You are such a critical part of the work that God is doing, and I just honor you and your faithfulness in giving to the Lord. So thank you. Well, we're going to start a new series today, and it's going to go for the next few weeks. Uh, it's a series entitled Restoring Rhythms. Restoring Rhythms. Have you noticed that life is full of different kinds of rhythms? We see rhythms in nature. Uh, the fact that the sun rises in the morning and sets in the evening, we have day, we have night. That is a rhythm. That is a, a daily rhythm that we experience in nature. Uh, we have rhythms of the seasons that we have summer, winter, spring, and fall. And even in a place like Southern California, uh, it might not be as extreme a winter in other places, but even this last week, we've had a bunch of rain. And uh, even as I'm sharing this message today, it's raining outside. Uh, we have these rhythms in the seasons where uh, the, there's cold and then there's the hot season. Can you imagine being in a place where it's only ever cold or only ever summer? Uh, those rhythms are incredibly important. And even in plant life, there's rhythms of, of growing and certain plants will go dormant for a season and then come back to life in the spring. There's, there's seasons where plants flower and will produce fruit, but, and then there's seasons where they'll be resting and there's no fruit being produced or flowers will, will, will bloom and blossom. And then other seasons, there's no flowers. We, we recognize that there's rhythms even in our bodies. Uh, you have a heartbeat. I have a heartbeat and there's a rhythm. In fact, that's what doctors listen for and, and will scan to monitor that you're healthy and they'll listen to that, that EKG and they'll watch that heartbeat, that rhythm of the heartbeat. And our breathing is a rhythm. It's not something we think about, but it's just something that's done. We breathe in and we breathe out in that rhythm. And even at a cellular level, that our cells are re reproducing and that there's a rhythm to that. There's a timing and a cycle to that that's constant and our cells are, are constantly being reproduced. And all of these systems and processes and rhythms physically in our bodies and, or maybe in music. We notice that there's a rhythm in music and that the, the melody and, that, and, that, and that the, 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 the way that the, the, the notes come together and the, uh, the music is played, there's a rhythm and it's soothing and it's enjoyable to our ears. And, and the reason we know these rhythms are important in all of these different areas is if the rhythms stop, there's a problem. If the rhythms stop, there's a problem. We notice things aren't the way they're supposed to be if there isn't the rhythm. So in nature, if there was no sun warming the earth, 
there it would just be cold. We would have this this another ice age. Uh, there has to be the sun, that rhythm of the sun coming up in the day, warming the earth. But then at night it sets the the sun sets as the planets travel and the earth rotates. The sun sets and there's a cooling that happens at night as the earth is restored and that, that there's rest that comes to us. The, the sun and, and, and the moon and, and the, the day and night, and those rhythms keep a, a balance on the earth, a balance that's needed for plants to grow and, and life to, to flourish. Uh, at night, when the sun sets, we get tired and we go to sleep. In fact, this, this response we have at night to sleeping is called a circadian rhythm. It's an internal clock that is built into us that uh, allows us to, to get the rest that we need so that we can function in the world. Of course, in our bodies, we notice if those rhythms stop in our bodies, if the, the rhythm of your heart stops, we call that cardiac arrest. And that's a major issue. That's a big problem. And so your heart has to keep that rhythm. Your breathing can't be interrupted, right? You can only hold your breath for for a minute or two, even the people, deep sea divers who've trained themselves, maybe, you know, five or six minutes, but that's it. You have to have that rhythm of breathing to introduce oxygen into your system so that the oxygen gets into your blood, goes to your brain, allows your brain fun- function to, to work. And so we have to have that, that, that rhythm of our breathing. And we notice if it stops, we notice really quickly. And in music, if there's no rhythm in music, well, what we have is called noise. It's just noise. So there, there has to be a rhythm. There has to be an order to that music for it to be music and for us to be able to enjoy it. You know, I've noticed over this last year that this happens to be one of the challenges that we're facing that our rhythms of work and rest and life have been thrown off because of the pandemic, that the usual rhythms of our life are not what they once were. And I've gotten to talk to a number of people, a number of you who've expressed the challenges that come because of that. Our regular rhythms of work and school, a daily rhythm of work and school or even going to church. You know, we we get up in the morning and we get dressed and ready for the day and get ready to head out the door. Maybe maybe you have a commute. Maybe you had a commute. Maybe your commute went from driving on the 210 freeway to now it's getting out of bed and walking a few steps to a desk or walking into another room to grab a cup of coffee and then sit down at another table and to log into work and, and work remotely. I know for uh, kids, the, the rhythm of getting up and going to school and, and be, you know getting dressed and being ready for school has just completely been thrown off. Because kids, for so many, are, are doing school remotely now. And so that rhythm or sports and school activities and, and just going about their day and, and having that life. We're in the church rhythm, getting up on Sunday morning and getting dressed and ready to get out the door and get to church and get the kids checked into class and get into make, making sure you get that cup of coffee before you come into the sanctuary. That rhythm has been thrown off. It's, it's not the same. Our, our rhythm of being, spending time with family and friends has been disrupted. We don't get that time to, to hang out. 
and spend time with people. We don't get we have, we haven't had those opportunities as they they once were to to gather at holidays and spend time with with family members and and so that rhythm of of relationship has been interrupted that that we've not had that face to face time with people that that we've been so used to having and even our rhythms of recreation just going out to eat uh, hanging out, going out to a movie. If you're married uh, or dating, you have have a regular date night. Uh, date nights are have not been a regular part of my rhythm and Megan's rhythm because we're just home all the time. And so those rhythms have in, been interrupted. Or even on the recreation front, vacations and travel. Of course, travel has been hugely interrupted. And so the ability to, to travel, take a vacation, to just go somewhere uh, is... F- extremely restricted and, and and we're just not able to to do that as we once were and maybe you found yourself even asking this question what day of the week is it you get up and you're like i'm not even sure what day uh, is this the weekend are we at the weekend is this sunday i don't know what day of the week it is and while there's some humor to it it definitely introduces some struggles into our life. In fact, I'd like to ask you this, and you can pop this into the chat section, into the comments. Uh, What rhythms have you missed the most? As as we've gone through 2020 and now into 2021, what are the rhythms that you've missed the most? Or what's been the biggest adjustment for you over the course of this year? See, this disruption has definitely taken a toll. And as I mentioned, I've talked to so many who've expressed how hard this has been how hard it's been to just kind of adjusting in the home, adjusting relationally, adjusting to to what's happening in the world around us, to find those new patterns, those new rhythms, adjusting to to having the kids in the house all day long and not being able to have them go to school for a few hours a day, adjusting to having multiple people working on computers. I know in our house, that's what it's like. It's, there's a, everyone's in school or working remotely. And so we're all in our corners, all holed up, trying to find uh, a bit of quiet and a little bit of the bandwidth to ourselves so that we can work or go to school and do what we need to do. And so, I, and I know in, even in my own life, my, my rhythms of, of rest and my rhythms of spending time with the Lord, my rhythms of being uh, with with Megan and and having quality time and 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 dating each other and spending that time has has it's become a lot more difficult, and so that toll has been taken on all of us emotionally. Our emotions get really affected when when we don't have those rhythms, and you might find that you're maybe more irritable, maybe maybe you get frustrated more easily maybe there's just more sadness and in in that those emotions and those emotional cues are so important for us to recognize maybe relationally that, that there's been a toll relationally i know there has been for me i'm extremely outgoing i'm a people person and i miss being with people i miss being able to go out to lunch with someone or grab a cup of coffee and and just being with people hanging out at the park or whatever that would look like going to our son's football games we just miss those experiences physically i know how much we want to talk about this but physically this maybe has taken a toll it's taken a toll in my life um i'm a stress eater i i just tell you right now i'm a stress eater and there's been a lot of stress and 
managing that has been a challenge and, and making sure to get out and take a walk, which by the way, just as a, as a reminder, hey, we're doing Wednesday walk, uh, Wednesday prayer walks. Join us on Wednesdays, whether during the day or in the evening, would you set aside half an hour, an hour, would you go walk your neighborhood and pray for your neighbors and pray for your community? And let's do that together. It's a great way to kind of kickstart that again, but physically, maybe there's been a toll physically, you've not been able to get out as much or go to the gym. And so we can feel depleted and drained. And of course, spiritually, that these rhythms or the lack of the rhythms have maybe disrupted your life spiritually, that the time that you would usually spend with Jesus has been interrupted. Maybe part of that was your rhythm of your commute or getting up early to get ready for work and having that quiet time and that time with the Lord and sitting in, with Him in the Word or or maybe listening to, to a podcast or listening to the Bible, the audio Bible while you were commuting somewhere. Maybe that rhythm has been interrupted and spiritually just trying to get back on track, finding those places to be with Jesus it's interesting to note, uh, I was reading some statistics this week about our media consumption and that for, for adults, uh, for, for those, uh, you know, in their mid-20s and, and older especially, that the, the time spent on media and TV and the hours watching those, those different things has increased almost 47%. Netflix has had their best year ever, their best year ever. Billions and billions of hours of TV that have been watched, billions of hours of YouTube, hours and hours on social media, and and we've we've our lives have been disrupted, and we find ourselves with these this extra time without some of the margin, some of the buffers that we need, some of the guardrails, and so it's affected us. It's affected all of us. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 says this, starting in verse 1. I'm going to read a few verses. This, this verse might be familiar to you. This is what the writer of Ecclesiastes says. There is a time for everything and a season for every activ- activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh a time to mourn, and a time to dance. And he goes on and he lists a number of other things that there is a time for. This, this particular passage of scripture was really popular, popularized in the 1960s by the, the, the group, the birds. They, they wrote that song, For Everything There Is a Time turn, 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 right? And, uh, and for some, they might not realize that's actually right out of scripture, that they borrowed those lyrics right out of the book, of Ecclesiastes. And the writer of Ecclesiastes, we're not sure who it is. There's some debate whether it's Solomon or King Hezekiah. But what we do know is that out of Scripture, there's this reminder from God that there's a time for everything. There are rhythms to our lives, and there are appropriate rhythms. And if that's the heart of God, if that's the way He's designed this world to be, then it's important for us to pause and to stop and say, okay, God, what's the rhythm of my life? How do I restore my, the rhythms of my life so that my soul would be refreshed? See, because at the end of the day, if we, if we lack the appropriate rhythms or right rhythms in our lives, our souls become depleted. That toll that's taken is really at a soul level, at our, our very self becomes damaged. 
and, and can really get off track. And so this next few weeks, we're going to spend some time talking about restoring rhythms. How do we restore the rhythms of life, the rhythms that God has really given to us, has, has allowed to, to be a part of our lives? How do we restore those in a time where there's been so much disruption, there's been so much change, it's been so hard to, to maintain any sense of normality? How do we come back to a place to say, God, I want to have regular rhythms? And we're going to get the ball rolling today. I want to share just an overview of what these next few weeks will look like. And I'm going to touch on a few of the subjects just kind of at a a high level. And then we'll, over the next few Sundays, we're going to press in and really examine some of these things. And I want to invite you to do this. I want you to, to, as you receive this, not just think about how does this impact your life, but would you be thinking about the people in your sphere of influence, maybe family members or uh, friends or coworkers or people, uh, people that you're in contact with? Um, and maybe think about those and ask God to put someone on your heart who maybe would benefit from hearing some of these messages. And would you invite them to join you? Would you invite them to, to join you even on Sunday and, and log in and, and be a part of the service and, and engage? I, I believe that the Lord wants to be, bring encouragement to His church, but He also wants to remind those who might not know Him yet that there are, there's hope that there's life, that people, I, I, I believe there's so many who are just despondent and without hope. The church, there's hope. There is hope in Jesus. There is hope in God's order, in God's creation, what He has established. And so let's, let's reach out to those around us and let's invite them to even participate with us. So I want to talk about a few of the rhythms. Uh, again, some of the overarching rhythms that we're going to discuss over these next few weeks. The first is this that there's a worshiping rhythm. There's a a rhythm of worship in our lives that needs to be uh, really at the forefront. It's, it's, I would say that this is probably the most important of the rhythms we're going to discuss. Not probably, it absolutely is the most important rhythm. It's this rhythm of, of being with Jesus, the rhythm of being with the Lord, of spending time with God there's such there's so much distraction and there's so much vying for our attention but the most important place for us to be is at at the feet of Jesus to be in his presence to seek the father to to engage with him and of course we we recognize that that part of that that worship experience is prayer and 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 singing songs and reading the word part of that would also be silence in solitude, getting away, being in a quiet place, and just listening, b- b- crying out to God, getting on our face before Him. Uh, there's the rhythms of, of generosity that, that are a part of worshiping the Lord, and, and so many other things. We're going to talk about those. We're going to talk about some of those rhythms that are important, the, the rhythm of the daily office, finding time throughout the day to stop to pause for a few minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, to stop and to to turn our attention to Jesus, to invite him into our moments, into our lives, into whatever's going on in our lives. And I think that's one of the things that's happened, it's happened in my life, is I get up and, and before I know it, it's the end of the day and things have just kind of rolled right by and I've not stopped to be with Jesus. We need to be with the Lord. And of course, Jesus sets the example for us in this. In Luke 5, 15 through 16, it says this, 
Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. That word often is such a key here. It wasn't a one-time deal. It was something he did over and over again. But notice there's a tension in these two passages. See, the news about who Jesus is and was was spreading. The way we would put it today is that Jesus had a successful ministry, that that people were flocking to hear him, to hear what he had to say. And, And there were crowds of people Crowds of people were saying, we want to hear what Jesus has to say. There were crowds of people who were sick, people whose lives were broken, that came to be healed, to be healed of their sicknesses, of their diseases. And Jesus would minister to all of these people. And and he had this this fame that was spreading throughout the land. And, uh, and, And he could have just put all of his time and all of his energy in the few short years that he had here on earth. He could have put all of that time and all of that focus into blessing people, to ministering, to teaching, and just worked and worked and worked and worked. But then it says that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. He had a rhythm. Jesus had a rhythm of retreating from the work of the ministry to be alone with the Father, to be alone with with his heavenly father. In fact, Jesus goes on to say that that he only did what the father told him to do. The only things Jesus ever did were the things that the father asked him to do. And the only reason he knew what the father was asking is because he spent time in the presence of his father. We need to spend time with Jesus. We need to spend time with the father. We need to withdraw to lonely places often to be with our God, with our creator. Like I said, there are so many things vying for our attention, whether it's our cell phones and looking at social media or watching a television show or checking the latest news or playing a game or some other form of distraction. Maybe it's work and there's just more work to do. And, uh, you know, even in our, our rhythm of work, thing, something that's been interrupted is, you know, if you're working remotely, you don't have those times where you're just talking with your coworkers or getting up to move around the office. And it can be this pressure to just work more, produce more. We don't have that, that balance And it's especially true when it comes to our time with Jesus. The pressures of work can pull us away from being in the presence of our Lord and our Savior. And so we have to restore those rhythms. We need to look at the example and the model that Jesus brings to us to say, how do we slow down? How do we withdraw? What is is my lonely place? What is my quiet place? For Jesus, it's believed it was a, a mountaintop that overlooked the Sea of Galilee, this beautiful precipice. I've had the opportunity to go there a couple of times. In fact, here's, here's that spot on top of this mountain overlooking this beautiful view of the Sea of Galilee. And this is the place where it's believed that Jesus would come uh, often to, to, to pray. Now, when he wasn't in this region, he found other places to be alone with the Father. But it's in these places, in these quiet places, 
where he was able to focus, where he was able to stop, where he was able to pause and worship and pray and be with his Father to enjoy that fellowship. Church, we need worshiping rhythms. We need a rhythm of worship. You might be thinking, well, church is a part of that, and it absolutely is. Being able to gather together and and not being able to be physically together on a Sunday morning as, as so many of us have been used to is definitely a disruption to this. But that's not even the, the depth of really what's being uncovered here. This is personal time. This is not communal time. It's personal time with Jesus. It's the time that you would take to stop and be in his presence. Church, we need to have those worshiping rhythms. The next is this. We need to have resting rhythms. We have to have a rhythm of rest in our lives. We have to have a rhythm where we stop. Genesis 2, 2 through 3 says this, By the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Right out of the second chapter of the Bible, out of Genesis chapter 2, we see God establishing an, a pattern for us, a model for us of what it means to work and rest. That God worked for six days as he created, and on the seventh day, he rested. And he blessed that day, and he said that this day is holy. All of the other days, he said these things are good, but this day, the seventh day, the Sabbath, was the holy day and when he would later give the Ten Commandments to the Israelites, this is the command he said that the Sabbath day is holy and on it you are to do no work, that you're to rest, you're to spend time just resting and part of that rest was worship, part of that rest was being with him, part of that rest was being with other people but the significance here is that there was no work that was taking place. In fact, in in Exodus 34, 21, this is what God says to the Israelites. He says, six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest. Even during the plowing season and the harvest, you must rest. He gives a caveat here. He gives a a, a rather qualifier. He says, listen, you have to rest. You, have to, you, you need to work for, for six days. We're designed to work. There's a capacity that God has given us to work, and there's honor to the Lord that happens as we labor. But then he says on the seventh day, you need to rest. You must rest. Even during the plowing season and the harvest, if you know anything about farming, is there is a window of opportunity because there are rhythms in our seasons. There's a window of opportunity that farmers have to plow and to, and to plant a seed and then to harvest. In fact, if, if a farmer doesn't bring the harvest in in time, they run the risk of losing the harvest. And God says, even with that sense of urgency as a farmer, when it comes to the seventh day, you can work those six days, but on the seventh day, you must rest. You have to stop even though there's the urgency. And I think one of the things that we struggle with that obviously the Israelites back then struggled with as well was this. Well, there's this thing that has to get taken care of. And I'm sure God will understand, but I'm just gonna get it taken care of. I'm just gonna work seven days a week for this period of time because I just have to. And what God in his eternal perspective and his loving kindness says to us, if you do that, it will cause damage to your soul. 
you have to rest. Six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day, no matter what it is that's going on, find that time to rest. Now, there is a loving embrace and a loving invitation here in the invitation to Sabbath. It's something that's really hard for us to do, and we've talked about Sabbath before, and we'll talk about it even more in the next coming weeks. But the idea that we would stop for 24 hours and pull back, that for this, this, this weekly rhythm, that we would set aside this period of time and do no work, and, and during that time, there would be, uh, that we would just stop, and that we would delight that there would just be a sense of delight. There would be an enjoyment that would be, of course, resting and restfulness. Time to just contemplate, to be with the Lord, to do things that, that, that fill our souls, to fill our tank, uh, that, that we would eat, that we would share a meal, that we would enjoy a, a wonderful meal. Or how about this? Try this on for size. How about just do nothing? to just do nothing, to turn off the TV, to turn off the phone, to maybe just sit quietly in the backyard or, 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 or to just be in a place where you can sit and not do anything and allow the rest of the Lord to come up, up, upon you. That resting also would include just simplicity, removing distractions and remaining free from the things that, went, would, would, that we would attach our lives to. And as we live simpler lives, that we would be able to say, God, give me rest in this. We have to have a rhythm of rest, church. And I want to encourage you, if you've not done that, if you've not established a rhythm of rest, if you've not found that place in your week, start small. Start small. Maybe you're going 24 hours. I don't think I can do it. Then start small. But set aside time each week to say, you know what, during this time, I'm not doing housework. I'm not doing chores. I'm not doing homework. I'm not doing anything that resembles any kind of work. I'm only going to do things that fill my soul. Now, if you love gardening and, and that fills you, come and garden. If you like to go for a walk, then go and do that. Uh, do what fills you, but, but find rest in that. Stop the work and find rest in the Lord. God's reminder to us, even in the busyness, even in, in when things are pressing, find time to rest. The next one is this, we need relational rhythms. We are designed for relationship. I love to say here at Thrive Church, it's all about relationship. Relationship with God and relationship with each other. That's really the two things that matter more than anything else in this world. Our connection with God, our relationship with God, and our relationship with people. And so we have to find time to connect with people. And of course, it's been challenging this year. It's been challenging to maybe connect with people outside of your household, outside of your home. Maybe it's been challenging to connect with the people inside your home. Even though you're all together all the time, maybe it's been hard to, to find those relational rhythms, those times. I know in our house that the days just kind of click by and, and, and we realize, wow, we've, we've watched a lot of TV this week, but we've not had a lot of conversation. Maybe the rhythm needs to be, a part of the rhythm could be in your home that you you decide on these nights of the week, we're going to sit down at the table and we're going to turn off all of our devices and we're going to turn off uh, the TV and we're going to sit at the table and we're going to share a meal and we're going to look across the table and set a time. So we're going to do this for an hour. We're not moving from the table. Even if the, the eating is done, we're going to sit and be across from each other. Why? Because we need those relational connections. And I know this, it's not the same to connect with people via Zoom, but I also know this, it's better than nothing. 
And I, I had an opportunity this week. We were celebrating something in our home, and, and we arranged, uh, arranged to have extended family. So my parents and my sisters and, and some others were able to join in um, and, and be a part. We welcomed them into our home, even though it was only on a computer screen. But I got to tell you, it was just neat to see people and to talk and to laugh. We need those relational connections. And I think so often uh, it's not just the face-to-face. We value the face-to-face, but we can connect with other people. It can connect with people rather in other ways. We can have phone calls. We can, uh, we can send emails. People used to write letters. Imagine that. Write a letter to someone. Actually pull out a pen and a piece of paper and write a letter uh, and send a letter because the focus, we have to change our perspective here. It's not just about being in person. It's about valuing the other person. It's about valuing that connection and, and honoring someone and blessing someone in that way and choosing to be in their space, choosing to engage. I have a lifelong friend that I met in high school. We have been friends for years. And in fact, it's 30 plus years. Him and I were, uh, Quentin and I, Quentin's his name. And uh, we've, we were just recounting uh, just a few weeks ago how long we've known each other. And here's the thing. I grew up in South Africa. I met Quentin in South Africa in high school. Quentin and I have not lived on the same continent for 30 years. Uh, in fact, he's, he's moved to different countries. I've moved to a different country in different states. Uh, at one point, I was in Alaska. He was in South Africa, opposite ends of the earth. You can't get further away on the planet than that. Um, and we've remained friends. We are close friends. He's, he's one of my closest friends in the world. And we connect. Uh, we always say this, not as often as we should, but we either chat or we f- we'll, we'll call each other or FaceTime and and, and we will have that time. We see each other in person maybe once every seven years. I was thinking about this. I was doing the math a little bit. And it's, it's about once every seven or eight years that we'll have the opportunity to, to, to be able to see each other. And, and our, you know, our, our wives have met. Our wives have spent time. Um, but our kids, <laughs> our, kids they, our kids met when they were all babies. And that was it. And our kids and our families haven't engaged in that way. But he continues to be one of my closest friends. Why? Because I value the relationship. I value that connection. And so even before COVID, that was something that we just did. I want to tell you, value the relationships in your life. Take the time, take the energy, connect with people, write letters, make phone calls, set up Zoom calls, do play Jackbox, Jackbox game. If you've not heard of Jackbox, it's a way to play games online. Get your family together, set up a Zoom account, get some people and, and play some games and, and learn to laugh and, and restore some of those relational rhythms that might be missing. But with all of that being said, I want to I make this point, and I want to be so clear about this. Start in your home. Start in your home. Start with the people living under the same roof as you, whether that's your spouse or your children or other family members, even, even a roommate. Prioritize the people that are right in front of you. Don't miss the opportunity. There is an inherent, an inherent gift that God has given us in the midst of the pandemic, as midst, in the midst of as, as disruptive as this has been, is an opportunity to draw closer to those that are right in front of us, to start there. If you're married, figure out a way to do date night. 
Whether it might just be that you're in the backyard, you close the door, you tell the kids, hey, for the next hour, we're unavailable and do something fun, do something creative, learn to play a game, uh, make, a, make a dinner for yourselves that, that the kids don't get to share, that's just for you, something special for you. But find ways to establish and reestablish those relational rhythms. And then finally, we have activity rhythms, things that we do, our, our activity in life, whether it's work or exercise or ministry, there's things that we, we get active in and we need to have those rhythms as a part. And I'm putting this one last. It's not that it's the, the least important, but it's kind of not the least, imp- it's kind of not the most important, that those other things need to be the priority. We already said that God, there's, a, there's place for work in the kingdom of God. He didn't say rest for six days and work for one. He does say that there needs to be labor and there's that part of how we live our lives. And so there is place for work. In fact, again, in in Exodus 34, 21, I'll read it again. Six days you shall labor. There's room for work, but on the seventh day you shall rest, even during the plowing season and harvest you must rest. And so we can't diminish the value of labor. And so there there is place for work. There's, There's rhythms for work. There's rhythms for taking care of our bodies and for exercise and for ha- establishing healthy habits. I don't know about you. I have set New Year's, re- New Year's resolutions in the past, and usually about this time of the year, I realize I've already blown it. I'm a month in, and I've already blown it. I'm sick and tired of setting resolutions, and there's people that might disagree with me, but this is where I'm coming from. See, I believe that resolutions so often are a Band-Aid, They're a way to try and quickly fix something that is broken at a deeper level. And I believe the thing that gets broken for us is that we don't have healthy rhythms. And so we've got to find ways to fix it, to get things back in line. And it rarely works. So my my phrase in all of this is rhythms over resolutions. Rhythms over resolutions. Let's establish healthy rhythms And I believe when we do, we'll see those resolutions, those things that we want to achieve, whether it's physically, whether it's educationally, whether it's relationally, whether it's whatever that looks like, that we'll start seeing those things come to pass because of the healthy rhythms in our lives. So there's rhythms of taking care of our bodies, rhythms of ministry and serving and being a part of God's mission in the world that he's invited us to participate in. See, each of these rhythms deserves attention. Each of the things I've talked about today really deserves attention in our lives that we need to give heed to them. Um, They don't just deserve attention. They also deserve intention, that there needs to be an active move towards really doing some of these things in our lives and and really establishing those rhythms. Pete Scazzaro in his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, uh, wrote a chapter, and it's kind of the closing chapter of the book, but it's a, it's a chapter about developing what he calls the rule of life. Developing a rule of life. And we don't like that word rule or rules, um, but this is what it is. A, a rule of life is this. It's basically a, a framework. Uh, if, you, if you're a gardener, you would know the picture of a trellis or a, a grapevine that would grow up on a trellis. And it's limited to, it's restricted to growing on that trellis. Uh, you know, if it was just on a fence, it would go wild. But that trellis helps to really frame 
that plant and it actually leads to greater productivity and there's all kinds of analogies there especially if you tie it to john 15 uh, and jesus talking about the vine and the branches but it's a way to shape a way to determine what what stays and what goes now we we really need to develop a rule of life a trellis something that 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 dis- establishes what our limits are you're limited i'm limited we can't do everything and so we have to choose what what stays what goes what do we say yes to what do we say no to how do we how do we determine these rhythms and keep them in check and this is something church i want us to really press into over these next few weeks so i invite you to join me on this journey and i invite you to invite someone to join us on this journey here's what i'd like you to do and it's just a point of application today would you take the the next maybe even few minutes after the end of this message or carry on through the rest of this week and would you take an inventory of your own life would you look at your own life and would you examine and 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 see maybe where some of those rhythms are out of whack in your own life or in your own home talk it over with your family with your spouse with your kids call a friend talk to someone and just say hey i'm trying to i'm just trying to determine where am i where am i really doing well and where am i struggling parents maybe it's just in the rhythm of parenting and and you just want to pull your hair out uh that's okay talk it out and and maybe write some of those things down so that it's not just kind of out there and and conceptual write it down so you can have a a picture of where is it that i'm struggling ask the lord most importantly would you ask the lord to shed some light to show you to bring some revelation and as you do, as you write those things, we start praying over them. And then we'll talk about some practical tools and practical ways over the next few weeks that we can start restoring those rhythms, redeeming those rhythms, and bringing rest to our soul. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you. You model for us what it means to have a rhythm of being with the Father, a rhythm of rest, a rhythm of silence and solitude and prayer. God, out of all of these things we've talked about today, Jesus, we want to make this the priority of our hearts, that we would set aside time to be with you, to seek your face, to be in your presence. Father God, I thank you that through your word and through your example, Lord, that you've called us to rhythms of rest, that there is an order to your world, a time and a season for everything, down to the cellular level. And so, God, I pray that we would respond as your Holy Spirit touches our hearts, that we would respond to you to identify, Lord, those places that maybe are out of place. God, that we would realign, not out of our own strength, but reliant on you, that we would realign those places of our lives so that we could flourish, Lord, that we could thrive in Christ. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, I love you. Look forward to seeing you next Sunday. Be a part of this message. Again, invite someone to join you to be a part of the the message next week. You can get together online, chat with each other. Uh, Have a blessed week. We'll see you next time.